Welcome to the Photo Banter Podcast. I'm your host, Alex Gagne, and on today's podcast, I speak with Karen Frank, who is the current director of photography for ESPN the magazine. Karen has worked with publications such as GQ, The Oprah Magazine, Time Magazine, and Bloomberg Business Week. In this interview, I speak to Karen about her experience working with photographers such as Dan Winters, Chris Buck, and Philip Lorca DeCorcia, to name a few. I also speak to Karen about what advice she would give to younger photographers when showing their work to photo editors and much more. Um, and Karen is just someone who has a wealth of knowledge and experience in the photo industry. So I was really excited to get a chance to speak with her. So I hope you enjoy it. And thanks so much for listening. All right. Well, Karen Frank, uh, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for taking the time to do this. I really appreciate it. Thanks for asking me. I'm really happy to be here. Yeah, I'm definitely excited. We're at the ESPN campus, which is like enormous. <laughs> you get lost going around here, but uh, definitely excited to talk to you. Um, but I guess just to kind of start off, I was kind of curious, like where you grew up and what are kind of some of your earliest memories of photography? Um, okay, so I grew up in New York. I was actually born in New York City, um, but grew up in the suburbs of New York. Um, and I my earliest, the earliest memories I have of photography, I, um, my grandmother and grandfather lived nearby us when we were growing up, and um, we used to have Sunday dinner with them pretty much, if not every week, every other week. And um, I don't remember at what age I started to get interested in it, but um, pretty young, I think. I, she had a ton of photo albums. Okay. And they were, you know, like the kind with the on the black paper with the photo corners oh, yeah, and yeah. the the ridged ridged edges and all black and white. And I just found them some some day when I was there. And then pretty much every time I went over there, I asked her, "Can I look at the photo albums?" And that's sort of my first memory of just falling in love with photography. That's cool. Was photography something you started? Did you start taking pictures yourself uh, at some point? Did you ever kind of pick up the camera? So I did take a I did take a photo class in high school, which I loved. Um, but I was really I took I, I was an, a painter, and I went to school for painting. Oh, I wow. have an MFA, sorry, a BFA in painting, um, and I did take photo classes while I was there. Okay. And um, I was really interested in it, but I didn't ever think or have any illusions that I was going to be a photographer. Okay. So painting, when did you kind of start getting into that? And did was that something you thought you were kind of going to do for a career? Or what, what was kind of... That was also really young. Um, pretty much my same grandmother. Um, she'd actually gone to um, to Pratt for um, art way back. She, she grew up in Brooklyn, and she went to art, art uh, college there. And... Um, she was really creative. She was always painting or she made jewelry. She um, did all kinds of crafts and stuff with me. And um, I, I guess I, I showed a lot of interest in it. And from the time I was, I think, seven or eight, I was doing a lot of painting and printmaking and drawing and all that kind of stuff. That's pretty cool. Having a cool grandmother who kind of supported your creative endeavors and whatnot. Yeah, she was pretty awesome. Um, so when you're like in college for painting, like did did you kind of envision yourself doing that or how did you kind of, I guess, what did you do after painting uh, college? What was kind of your move kind of get into photography, I guess? So, yeah, I graduated from college um, and I, I w was in school in Pittsburgh and I moved back to New York and 
the first thing I did was I got a job at an art gallery, and that was down in the East Village. And um, it was really fun and interesting, but the gallery, it was it was the 19, mid-'80s, and um, the art scene was pretty good down there, but uh, the gallery closed kind of almost right away yeah. when I first got there. And I really didn't know at that point what else I was going to do. And um, I was able to find another job um, at a place called Swan Galleries, which is still in New York, um, and it, it's an auction house. Okay. It's in the 20s, and um, they haven't, at least when I was there, they had an auction every single week. And it's mostly a rare and antiquarian book place, oh, wow. but they also sell um, maps and autographs and prints, and they had a 19th century photography division. And um, the curator for the photography division found out that I liked photography, so she she would pull me aside every time a lot came in, and she would have me look at these amazing prints, and I just realized, like, when I was looking at the photos, that that was what really, really excited me, and um, that I needed to figure out how I could find a job in, in the photo field. That's pretty cool. Like, what kind of photos were they getting? Were they kind of this, what are they kind of getting? So they were, like, Emerson's and Ralph Curtis and that kind of stuff, 19th century. Wow, that's pretty, that's, that's pretty amazing. Yeah. Um, so, like, when you're kind of, I guess, like, even in college or, like, even after college, were you kind of paying attention to different photographers? Were there, like, any photographers looking back early on whose work you kind of enjoyed looking at? I would say not so much in college because I was really focused on painting. Mm. Um, and I really didn't pay I, – I, I looked at magazines all the time, yeah. but I didn't really pay attention to who was taking the pictures mm. um, until I, start, I did get my first job in photography. That's cool. So you're kind of working at the auction house, and when did kind of magazines come into play for you? Because I, I was looking, I did some research on you. I looked on your LinkedIn page. You yeah. worked at a lot of different magazines. I have. Um, <laughs> when did the kind of like editorial magazine world kind of come into the picture for you? Okay, so when I was at the gallery, uh, the auction house, I, as I said, I, I decided I needed to figure out what kind of photo job I could have. Mm-hmm. And, um, well, this is interesting, but this is not, this, what happened, well, I was the receptionist there, basically. Okay. And I, um, one of my jobs was to, you know, sort the mail and deliver it to the different curators and all that. And uh, so a lot of times I could grab the magazine before I, distributed it just to take a look through and I remember one time looking through it and there was it was I don't even remember which magazine it was it's probably folded since now uh probably very long gone yeah but um there was an article on Mary Shanahan who was the art director at GQ magazine at the time and they had a whole bunch of uh spreads with layouts from the magazine and, you know, a lot of photography, a lot of Pamela Hansen photography. And I looked at it and I thought, wow, that's super cool. That's something I would really love to do. Um, But uh, the first thing I did was just talk to everybody I know and try to see if I could find someone that could talk to me about photo jobs. And I did meet um, a photographer who was really, really great to me. Um, She set me up to assist a photographer one day. Um, I interviewed to be a studio manager somewhere. I, um, you know, finally landed a job at this tiny little um, 
syndication agency called Outline, okay, uh, which was maybe two or three years old at the time in New York City. Um, it was later, you know, bought by bought out by Getty, like. Everybody. Everybody else. <laughs> um, but they specialized in celebrity photography. Okay. And so um, I got hired there. And, you know, for anyone that doesn't know what syndication agencies do, at the time, um, we had um, this tiny little office on the um, Upper East Side. Um, it was almost like an apartment that they'd converted into an office space. And we had you know, a wall lined with filing cabinets that had um, slides of images. Yeah, because this is all film film days, (laughs) pre-digital. Wow. And um, what would happen was, you know, I had a list of clients and so did all the other people that worked there. And when our clients would call and say that they needed images of a certain celebrity, we would open up the files and look through and figure out what seemed appropriate to send to them. And then we would pack it up in sleeves put it in envelopes and messenger it over to them. <laughs> wow, and then they would have to send it back. Like, yes. That's, it's, 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 it must be funny to think about that now. Like, yep. you, could, you picture like all the work you do now, everything's moved so quick. The, this even thinking about like having to package this up, send it out, and yep. they're gonna send it back and kind of have to like manage all this stuff. Yep. That, that's pretty wild. Yep, and we had a lot of over, we had a lot of international clients too. So we, DHL and FedEx were huge. <laughs> that's funny. Um, so you're kind of working there doing the syndication thing. Um, what was kind of your next move after that? When did you kind of get into photo editing, I guess? So while I was there, um, I, I, I was there maybe, I don't even know how long, maybe six months or nine months or so. And um, one of the owners of the business, um, Jim Rorig, had, um, he just decided to, to give me a test. And one of the photographers came in with the, their work um, and, you know, he said, go sit with him and, and figure out which, which images we should you know, copy and have here. And so I did that, and I guess he was impressed with what I did. So starting then, I was kind of the main editor for that purpose. And um, and then he slowly started sending me out to magazines because we were trying to see whether we could actually start getting assignments for our photographers okay. instead of just resell. Mm-hmm. And um, as soon as I st- set my foot in the door of a magazine office, I was like, this is the side I want to be on, not the side I'm on. <laughs> um, and so that sort of that's my pretty cool. entree to that. What do you think were kind of excited? To, what were you excited about when you kind of first stepped into that magazine? What, was, what about the environment kind of like piqued your interest, you think? I was super, you could, you could feel the energy and the creativity that was happening and you'd walk into the office and you'd look up on the walls and you'd see all the great images that were being made or being, you know, worked on. And it just was, seemed really exciting and interesting and, and, um, constantly new and sort of on the edge of what's happening. Mm. Do you remember kind of some of the first like, uh, photographers you worked with when you kind of started working at a magazine and photo editor? Can't even remember. Um, yeah, I worked with, um, well, I, I worked a lot with Dan Winters in the very beginning of my career. Never heard of him. <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, Philip Lorca de Corsia was actually shooting little still life things for, <laughs> for um, GQ when I first got there. That was my first magazine job. Um, I worked with Hero. Wow. 
heavy hitters. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty amazing. <laughs> That's pretty cool. Like, and how would you describe like people listening? Like, what is like the job of a photo editor? I'm sure it's probably changed over the years, like since, since you started. But like, wh- how would you describe like what a photo editor does, and like what kind of makes a good photo editor in your mind? What we do is we work closely with the editors and with the um, art team to, you know, talk about the stories that are going to be in any given issue mm. and come up with a visual solution. Uh, so whether that's an original shoot that you do for the story, whether it's, um, you know, finding great images that already exist, or whether it's an illustration or some combination of all of those, um, it's our job to come up with that solution and execute it at, at the the highest level that we can. Yeah, no, that's cool. And and like looking back when you first started doing this and like working on productions and stuff, are there like any early shoots you worked on that uh, stick out in your mind as like particularly memorable? Maybe this kind of was like a learning experience, or maybe even just because you kind of enjoyed it. You think? Uh, do you kind of always just feel comfortable like working in this job, or did it kind of take you a while to get comfortable working with different photographers and? What kind of so I'd say it, it definitely took me a while. When I, I first got hired at GQ as a photo assistant, and um, and I, w- I loved that. I was doing a lot of the photo research and doing some of the smaller um, assignments for the front part of the magazine. And um, I, I worked with um, the photo um, editor at the time was Lisa Atkin, and she'd been at GQ for a number of years already. I think it was about six years. And... Um, I, I loved it. I was learning so much. I was really excited. And then um, I think I was six, month in, six months into the job, and she told me that she was going to be leaving. Okay. <laughs> and um, that, you know, she thought I, I was probably – I was ready for her job, and I thought, no way. I'm not ready. I don't know anything. Um, and I was super nervous about even, you know, putting my name in the – you know – in the hat yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> for the job, but um, I did, and I kind of waited, and Lisa gave us notice she was there for a while, but I kind of sat at this desk where I saw all the other people that were applying for the job, <laughs> walking in to talk to the art director, uh, the creative director at the time, and um, I just thought, no way, they're, they're never going to promote me, and they actually did, <laughs> and so... For me, there was a huge learning curve, and um, I feel felt a lot like I was learning it on the fly because I didn't have a, a very long onboarding process to like understand a, all the things that you kind of need to know as a photo editor. Yeah, I mean, it's a good place to kind of get thrown in the mix, GQ. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty amazing. Um, was like the fashion stuff something you kind of had an interest in? Because um, working at GQ, it's mostly like fashion-based type stuff, I well, guess. it's really interesting. I mean, it is fashion. There's a, that's a lot of it. But um, GQ is also a really it's it's a sort of a general interest publication. So mm-hmm. there's a lot of profiles of um, both celebrity and you know businessmen and real people out in the world and there's there was a food there was food at the time there was still life there was travel um, music there was all kinds of different subject matter and so that kept it really fresh and really interesting um, I, I was interested in fashion but it wasn't um, it wasn't 
you know, something that originally drew me to GQ. Okay. And I did, you know, part of the thing about working at GQ too is such a great creative team there. Um, I worked with, I think, one of the best fashion directors in the world, um, Jim Moore, who was really exceptional and, um, you know, super collaborative and super wonderful to someone who is just learning the ropes. That's cool. And one of the things being a photo editor is I would imagine, obviously, you have like your particular taste styles of photography you like. But on top of that, you probably have to have an expertise in like different styles of photography, still life, uh, studio photographers, on location guys. And because like each article is different. Um, do you feel like that's a big component of being a photo editor is having like a lot of knowledge of different types of photographers and kind of keeping an eye out for different styles, I guess? I do for sure. I think that's really important. I think um, to always always be looking, you can't just kind of figure out a few people who can do it. You have to keep your eye open and see who's doing it and who's doing it differently and trends and, you know, new photographers and mm-hmm. sometimes reaching back to other people who maybe haven't you haven't worked with for a while, yeah. you know, to see what they're up to again. Yeah, definitely. Cause there's so many people doing amazing work out there and mm-hmm. everyone's got their different styles. I would imagine that's probably kind of a fun part of the job is just getting to work with all these different types of creatives, I suppose. Yeah, it's, it, it is. Um, and then I saw that you also, uh, you worked at Oprah magazine for a little while. I did five years almost. Wow. I was curious how that was. It seems like an interesting magazine cause it's like, uh, it's literally Oprah on the cover every month. Yeah. Uh, how, how was your experience working there? And like, I was like, how much, how involved does Oprah get in the photo shoots? I guess. So it was super fascinating to be there. Um, I got hired midway through their second issue, um, so they were still figuring things out. And um, for anyone who doesn't know, Oprah, the launch of that magazine was one of the most successful magazine launches in the in ever. And um, it just grew so fast that it was insane. I mean, there was so much advertising that was sold against it that we literally had to create pages on the fly because we had to fill the magazine up. Um, And so it was really exhilarating and really exciting, but also really hard. (laughs) And at the time, I had two kids that were um, under three years old so Damn. it was it was a lot <laughs> yeah. yeah that is interesting uh is it kind of like I've seen because you worked at obviously you work at ESPN now you worked at Oprah I think mm-hmm. you also had, you worked at uh freelance I think what time and yeah. Bloomberg Business Week mm-hmm. um does each magazine kind of operate differently in terms of like how photography is like I guess uh directed I suppose like how each art department works is every magazine kind of different how they operate you think or Yeah, I think there's some similarities, but my experience has been that each um, place I've worked has its own sort of work environment and work chemistry. Um, But you did ask me, sorry, I wanted to go back and answer your question about what it was like having Oprah on every cover and how involved she was. Um, She was definitely, in the very beginning days, she was really, really involved. I mean, it was a magazine with her name on it, and she wanted to make sure that everything that was in there represented what she wanted it in the way she wanted it to be. So... Um, yeah, and uh, she was very, very involved with a lot of contact with with a, a lot of people on the staff. And um, and then uh, the original editor uh, didn't didn't last, and they hired an, a new editor for the magazine. And once um, 
she came on board, Oprah felt, I think, a little bit more, and once there were more issues under our belt, she felt a little more confident in, you know, that we knew what we were doing, and she still was involved, but not quite as at the level she was in the beginning. Yeah, it seems pretty interesting, this, because uh, it, it's just, it's kind of funny in a sense, because it's like, oh, who are you shooting for the cover this month? <laughs> it's like, shooting Oprah again. <laughs> Did it become like a challenge of like, how are we going to photograph the same person like differently? Like, how do you guys approach it? Or do you do you feel like there was like one style you tried to keep shooting her in, like in a certain light? Or? No, we tried really hard to keep it fresh and interesting. And sometimes um, in the beginning, we were shooting kind of seasonal covers you know Mm -hmm. a little bit more you know like what are we going to do for a winter cover what are we going to do for a spring cover and then um after um the new editor came the issues started becoming themed and so we tried to tried to work with the theme and create an image of oprah that hopefully spoke to the theme as well yeah no they did some creative stuff i think they even did like some like black and white covers with Mm -hmm. their like some real cool stuff i was looking at online Mm -hmm. um but yeah it's interesting and, you know, one thing I was kind of curious about, like, I think your job title now is like director of photography. Yeah. Like, how does that role differ from just being like a photo editor? Um, obviously, because here at ESPN, you guys have, I believe, was it seven or eight photo editors who work here, I believe. Something like so that. That sounds Some, about right. Around that number. Yeah. But like, uh, how does that role different, like being photo director? Obviously, you're probably overseeing all these other, other photo editors. Um, I guess, how does that role different? As yeah, far? so, you know, as a photo director, I've had um, staff that report to me. Um, and that's been, you know, ranged, ranged in numbers from one other person <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> to um, I think the most I've had is uh, like 12 or so. Wow. Um, and... The way that works is that um, the production for a lot of the photo shoots are done by the photo editors. And, um, you know, it's my responsibility to, um, to, to bring them along, uh, you know, talk about the creative with them, and then make sure that they're, you know, you know talk to them about photographers, but then kind of let them go off and do the production and and run the shoot yeah that makes sense and you know uh obviously i was kind of curious about like when you're managing like a a team of other photo editors um did it kind of take you a while to get used to like managing a group of people and when you're looking to hire a new photo editor what is it that you're looking for when you're going to bring a new person onto your guys team you think so that's a good question. Yeah. Um, yes, it did take me some time to feel comfortable with all that because, as I told you, I had very little experience yeah. when I first started, um, and it was probably good that I that I started with just managing one other person mm-hmm. um, at GQ. That's that was the extent of our photo department when I f- was first there was me and one other person, um, and yeah, you become a lot more comfortable with it over time, and um, you know more confident of, you know your ability to do that and, and to, um, delegate, delegate and yeah, step away from things and build up your photo editors, um, so that they're in a place where they can succeed. Yeah. Um, I forgot what the second part of the question Just like was. if you guys are looking to hire a new oh, photo right. editor, what is it you guys look for? Is it that uh, do you want them to have like a degree in photography or what kind of experience do you think you guys look for when you're going to looking for a new photo editor to bring to your team, you think? So so it's different now in that um, 
for ESPN particularly, it, and, and pretty much everywhere, it's not just a print job anymore. It's print plus digital uh, plus whatever other platforms we manage to get our work on. Um, and so I think having a degree in photography is helpful both for uh, you know the creative ends of it, but also for the technical part of it, uh, particularly w when, it, when it comes to digital. Um, so yeah, I think that that's certainly a criteria. But then again, I look at myself, and I didn't have a degree in photography, and so I am open to uh, you know people that that don't necessarily have that. Yeah, it's an interesting job because I've talked to so many photo editors, and like people come from like all different walks of like life, like whatever they came from before. It's always just inter interesting to see how they kind of got into that role because it is a unique job. Mm -hmm. um, because I would imagine ESPN, because like you said, it's not just a print magazine. It's like you guys' website. It's insane because it's just constantly updated all the time. There's so much work on there. There's the Instagram. Yep. Um, how does that kind of get divided? Because obviously there's like seven or eight photo editors here. Mm -hmm. Is it like one team is like in charge of the website, one photo editor is in charge of X, Y, and Z sports? Or how do you guys kind of... So when I first got to ESPN, that was seven years ago, uh, the, they had just moved the magazine from New York City to the main campus here in Bristol. And um, part of that move was to really integrate more the print with the digital side. And, um, and there was a separate, there was a completely separate digital photo team um, here in Bristol from the magazine uh, photo staff. And um, when I first got here, we started to, you know, try to blur that line a little bit and um, bring some of the print work onto the digital side. Uh, and then over the last three years, we're a fully integrated team now, um, where that that both that editors work on both platforms and um, contribute on both sides. No, it's interesting. And I guess like, I guess to go back a little bit, like how did ESPN come in the picture for you? Like how did the job kind of come about? Was like ESPN the magazine, a magazine you, um, you enjoyed um, prior to coming here? Well, I'd always looked at it and been very envious of the, the large format um, and the fact that it was really very, very much photo driven. Um, I, I enjoy sports. I wouldn't say that's the first subject that I would be super excited about um, as a photo editor, but I, I, I love a challenge. As you can see, I've worked at a lot of different places, mm -hmm. and so that was something new to to add to what I've already done. And um, yeah, I was I was excited by that. That's cool. Is that something when you guys are looking to hire people? It, do you, do you feel like to work here, you guys, you have to have like a knowledge of sports or uh, I guess what's your take on that? So it certainly helps. Yep. Um, particularly now that we, as I said, we work on both platforms because the magazine um, is a little bit of a different animal in that you don't have to be, you know, an over the top sports fan to, to be a photo editor at the magazine, but it really, really helps to have sports knowledge on the digital side, because you're dealing with um, editors who know every you know know 
everything. And so it really helps to be able to speak that language. Mm. No, it's interesting. And I was always kind of curious, like, how's your experience working at ESPN differ from like, I don't know, other publications, be it Condé Nast or Time Inc. Um, because it is a little different. It's like the magazine, but it's just like this behemoth of a company. Um, do you feel like it's a different um, environment working here versus like a normal Condé Nast or publication like that? Yeah, definitely. Although I think Condé Nast and Hearst and and um, and Meredith mm-hmm. are now a different animal from when I worked at them. Yeah, in that they're also much more media. Uh, you know, they, they spread it across all media. Is what I'm trying to say. Um, and this is was the first. Actually, I, I worked at Bloomberg Business Week right before I came here, and that was the first experience I had where. It felt like a really like a media company, yeah. um, and but but coming here was the first time I really had the opportunity to see what I created for print live in the digital world, live on TV, you know, live across all these other entities that are ESPN yeah. and. And that's super. That was super exciting. Yeah, it just seems like there's just a lot of resources here. Like I know I got luck was lucky enough to work on um, an assignment for you guys for ES, ESPN.com, mm-hmm. and even like in terms of being a photographer, having worked for like lots of different publications, I was just shooting for the website, and I was just amazed like how much resources you give photographers, even in terms of like budget. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was it was amazing to see. You feel like there's this like working here, it's just a lot more resources like at your disposable, I guess. That's definitely been my experience. I mean, they definitely support uh, photography. They're- yeah. Here. Yeah, it was awesome. I remember I was working with Sean Hansen. He's like, yeah, you need a rental car, you need a couple assistants, whatever. I was like, shit, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I have to say, you know, that's that's definitely, um, we definitely want to support the creative and do whatever we whatever needs to be done to, to make exceptional images, but we are certainly also a lot more budget conscious these days than yeah. maybe in the past <laughs> yeah yeah no no it's interesting yeah because like editorial as you know every year is magazines folding and uh gets tougher and tougher but mm-hmm. anytime you can partner with a company that's gonna help you it definitely it goes a long way i think in terms of like the photography it definitely helps and it, mm-hmm. it was cool to work on um and let's see oh yeah uh do you feel like there's like a distinct style of photography i guess in just in terms of like espn the magazine is there like a d- distinct style or aesthetic you guys are kind of always going after as a whole or do you feel like it's kind of like you pull from different styles of photographers um i, I think I, we definitely pull from different styles of photographers we like to have a, a good mix of different kinds of photography in the issue and also on the digital side mm. That's interesting. And I guess in terms of like the editorial process here, um, how are stories kind of like uh, born? Like, is it um, or does the photo department get to pitch ideas sometimes or when how do the stories kind of come to be, I suppose, I guess? Yeah, absolutely. Um, Do you want me to speak specifically to the magazine? Yeah, yeah, I guess it's the magazine and dot com, but Uh I guess to the magazine for now. Yeah. um, So we the photo department definitely pitches ideas. Um, when I first got here, there was a feeling that every issue should contain um, what we call photo acts, which is really just like a you know a, a couple of spreads of 
of a photo story. Mm. Um, and so we were constantly pitching ideas and constantly, you know, uh, calling photographers to ask them if they had any ideas. Um, you know, as you mentioned, the advertising situation at magazines and they're getting smaller. And so we don't always have that luxury. We don't have that luxury that we did in the when I first got here and always having that. Mm -hmm. um, but we still do pitch ideas. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, the ideas also are generated by the editors here, by the writers who contribute, by the photographers that we, you know, talk to, all different people. Oh, that's interesting. So it's like a pretty collaborative environment and mm -hmm. how the magazine cons comes together. Mm -hmm. um, that's interesting. And in terms of like, uh, so you guys are open to photographers pitching you guys ideas for stories and things. Is that something that happens a lot? And does that uh, do things kind of get published that way sometimes? Yeah, we've had some great success that way. Um, and, and yes, I would say I would encourage anyone who's listening to please pitch me any sports related photo ideas you have. <laughs> <laughs> We're always looking um, for print and for digital um, for those for great ideas. And when someone's like pitching you an idea, like what do you want to see from them? Do you want to see uh, photos they've already taken? Do you want to see a write up or in terms of like when they're pitching you? Um, what do you kind of want to see when they're kind of presenting it to you, you think? So that depends on, you know, if I've ever worked with a photographer before or, um, you know, if it's someone coming to me cold or someone coming to me through a connection, mm -hmm. um, I definitely want to see an example of that person's work. Okay. I definitely want to have a sense of, you know, what the idea is and what it, what it involves and how much time it's going to take and how much resources it's going to take. And, um, you know, it doesn't... Uh, it's really nice to have it written out in a uh, you know presentation to to because because once I hear the idea I then have to sell it to other people. Yeah. So that is super helpful. Yeah, that's interesting. And you know what kind of factors kind of come into play when you're assigning a photographer for a specific assignment? Um, say, for instance, you're going to photograph some professional basketball player. Do you want to see in their portfolio that they already have experience photographing professional basketball players, um, or if they're just like a good portrait photographer in general, is that good enough? Or what do you kind of take into consideration when assigning a particular assignment? I suppose. So a lot of that depends on um, the. the the story, what we're trying to get across with the f photography, um, and how much access and time we're going to have with the athlete. Um, you know, if it's if we're getting 15 minutes with um, LeBron James, LeBron James yeah. and he's agreed to do something active with us, then we need someone who absolutely has experience and can you know, without a doubt, produce something that we're going to be able to use in that limited window of time. Mm. Um, you know, when we have more luxury of time and, you know, where or how we're going to shoot someone, um, it's not always necessary that they have that experience um, with professional athletes. Okay. No, it's interesting because I know as a photographer myself, I'm like, I'm always just curious how that kind of works out, but that's interesting to hear. Mm -hmm. And, uh, in terms of like the cover, um, what kind of how does that differentiate from like a normal like a smaller feature in the magazine or whatnot? Um, same thing. Is it if you're gonna hire a photographer to shoot a cover, do you want to see that they have experience doing that or shooting a cover? Yeah, I guess is it. Do you think there's a difference uh, when you're hiring someone to do that versus just like a I don't know. So it's interesting. I heard um, 
I listened to one of the podcasts. I can't remember who it was. Maybe you were talking to Benedict, I think. Yeah. And he was talking about cover photography and how that's really um, represents the brand. And there's, you know, a, you know, you have to beware of logos and cover lines and that kind of thing. And yep. a couple of years ago, we sort of here at ESPN, we sort of threw that away um, with the idea that. You know, we want to create the, the the best, most interesting image that can, that that is a cover. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm not saying we threw away the idea that it, of the brand, but we threw it, threw away the idea that the logo is always going to sit on top and it's always going to be a certain height yeah. and that there's going to be this many cover lines. Um, part of that is, you know, we have the luxury of being a magazine that is not a newsstand. Based, we we do sell on the newsstand, but it's actually pretty hard to find us. And um, that way, we're mostly subscriber-based mm. um, publication, and so we don't really care about newsstand sales as much as other um, publications do. So that liberated us from having, you know, a, a cover that has a million cover lines, so that it speaks to somebody. You know, every different story it might speak to somebody else. Yeah, um, and so. Um, I forgot what your original question was. Oh, I was just, it was just saying, like, um, do you feel like more thought goes into, like, hiring a photographer for the cover versus, like, a smaller article? Like, do you want to see that that photographer has experience shooting a cover prior to hiring someone for a job like that, I guess? I think it goes to what I was saying before in that, you know, even for covers these days, we don't get a whole lot of time with the athletes. And so... You know, we want to work with people who do have experience um, shooting, you know, if not athletes, celebrities or important um, people that, you know, have, have a success record of, of doing that. Yeah. Um, but we always are, we're, we often are trying out new people for covers because um, we want to keep it fresh yeah, as well. That's good. And, you know, one thing I was kind of curious talking to you about, being a photo editor, you're constantly looking at different photographers' websites and whatnot. I was curious, is there anything, um, what what do you like about uh, websites, or is there anything that you don't like about certain photographers' websites? What do you kind of look for? Uh, What do you like, I guess? That's also a good question. Um, I'm looking for websites that are, Easy to navigate, number one. Uh, you know, I have everybody these days has limited amount of time, so you want to get you want to land somewhere that's going to give you very clear directions about how to see what you want to see, and then once you get into that, uh, those images they move quickly or they you know they're easy to navigate. Um, I think that's the most important thing. Um, when I initially go to a site, but I also want imagery that's really distinctive and um, exciting and and that makes me curious. Yeah, and do you feel it's like, are you looking for people that are shooting sports in general or are you looking all, at all different types of photographers? I look days? at all different kinds. Yeah, because I saw you guys uh, did a body issue, I think a couple with Sophie Holland. Yes. And I, I mean, she shot athletes for sure, but yeah. I wouldn't even, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say she's like a sports photographer mm-hmm. in general. She's just like a badass portrait photographer. Right. So, yeah, it is interesting here that you'll kind of look at a wide mm-hmm. variety of different people. 
Um, where, where are you looking for photographers when you're looking for new people? Um, is it primarily just uh, word of mouth or is kind of searching different uh, directories or where are you kind of looking for new photographers these days? So I definitely, I'm still a magazine person <laughs> um, in that I, there's, you know, many publications I still subscribe to and receive and uh, look through on a regular basis and I'm always turning them sideways or, you know, looking at the bottom of the page to find out who's shooting the images that I'm interested in. Yeah. Uh, so that's one source. Um, I, I really love Instagram for looking at photography as well. Yeah. Um, and definitely, and definitely websites. Do you feel like uh, photographers should treat their Instagram as like a portfolio? Uh, or if you're looking at a photographer's Instagram, I guess you kind of, what kind of draws your attention? Because some people will kind of just post random stuff. Other people take it really seriously. Um, what's your opinion? You think photographers should treat that almost like as an extension of their website these days? I think most do. Yeah. Um, although, you know, some, some have a very separate aesthetic that is their Instagram thing, but... I think most do generally treat it yeah. as, as a portfolio. And I think it's kind of a cool tool. Like you can mm -hmm. put the professional stuff you're working on there, but you can almost still give, you can give a sense of like your personality. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. And I like, like I'll click on videos too. Yeah. You know, those are fun to watch. No, I, I love Instagram. I think yeah. it's just like endless of how you can use it. it it's always interesting. People do creative stuff with it for sure. Mm -hmm. And, uh, in terms of like print promos, is that something you guys still get a lot of? And do you even look at them these days? So there was a time when I got so many that it was just overwhelming, and um, I, I was actually I was telling photographers don't don't spend a lot of money doing this. Yep. Um, it's I'm going to say the reverse now because I get so few these days that um, you're about to get about a bunch. <laughs> <laughs> I know um, that seeing something that's beautifully printed, you know, that is a gorgeous curation of images that is special and surprising is wonderful because you, I just don't get that many of them anymore. Mm, no, it's interesting to hear. Mm -hmm. And uh, another thing, I, I met you at one of these like uh, portfolio reviews where you like pay money, you can go show your book to different people that work in photography, be it art buyers, photo editors. Mm -hmm. um, is this a way, uh, do you feel like it's a good way to meet new photographers? Has it been beneficial to you? Yeah, I definitely do, especially since, uh, you know, working at ESPN in Bristol, Connecticut is a little isolating. Mm. Um, every other publication I've ever worked for is in New York City, and it's super easy for a photographer to come up, come by and show me their work. Um, that doesn't happen at Bristol. It, it, you know, it's a pretty, you have to be pretty committed to come <laughs> to the campus here um, to show your portfolio. So um, I definitely take advantage of those um portfolio reviews when I can to to go get out there and meet new people mm. and what do you think uh in terms of like print portfolios what kind of piques your interest do you think it's better that um a photographer just shows you like one group of photos or tries to show you a wide range of things when they're putting a print portfolio together um what kind of usually piques your interest because I know um you've probably seen dozens of different portfolios going to these things um, is there one thing that kind of sticks out to you, you think? I wouldn't say that there's one right way to, to do it. I think it really is a super individual, and it should be. It should be based on, you know, the work that you want to show. Yep. Um, and there's so many different ways you can do that. Yeah, definitely. It's definitely interesting. And uh, 
I couldn't come to ESPN and not talk to you about the famous body issue. I'm sure you've been asked about it a million times. Um, is that uh, how long has the body issue been going on? So we just celebrated our 10th anniversary. Wow! And so you're here. You've been here for seven. So you've been mm -hmm. here pretty since the start. Mm -hmm. um, how's your experience been working on that issue? Uh, how does it kind of differ from the others? It seems like a pretty big production every year. It's a. It is. It's a very big production, and it's. Um, it's not, you know, a privilege every year to, to be doing it, really, um, because we do have a ton of resources that go into it, and um, I get to work with world-class photographers and world-class world -class athletes, and, you know, I mentioned before that, you know, sometimes for covers, we're lucky if we get half an hour. That's not the case with the body issue. Um, the body issue is a completely different animal, and um, it's a something that the athletes themselves are super into and very committed to and will give us a lot of time and a lot of energy and they themselves put a lot of thought into how they want to be photographed it's, so it's a really interesting experience yeah it's pretty amazing and uh, like i was always kind of curious like how the athletes get picked because i think it's really interesting how you guys do it because you, you've had everyone from like gary player who's mm -hmm. like an 80 year old man you've had greg norman you've had vince wilfork mm -hmm. and then obviously you'll have like saquon barkley who's just like yeah. shredded to the you know but like how does it kind of go into picking these athletes for the body issue every year so there's a there's a number of editors that work on the body issue every year. Um, there's our editor-in-chief, um, Allison Overholt, and there is uh, Stacy Pressman, who uh, works throughout the year trying to recruit people to do it. Um, and uh, um, now there's uh, Rachel Ulrich, who is also one of the lead editors on the issue. And the three of them sort of sit together at the beginning of the body year and talk about the wishes okay. and um, and also discuss the people who have actually come to us okay. saying they want to be in the issue. Oh, wow. And, um, and we, but it's very much, um, it is really, since the very first issue, it's been an issue that has been super inclusive. As you said, we have athletes from ages, Gary, I think, was 77 when we shot him, yep. um, to, you know, Saquon, who was just... 21 a, Yeah, 21. And so there's an age range. There's uh, we definitely we've included a lot of Paralympians. Um, we also have um, you know athletes of many different sports, and it's really interesting because uh, you know what we consider the quote unquote ideal body um, is not necessarily the ideal body for a particular sport. So you mentioned Vince Wilfork. He's you know, an enormous guy, um, but his body is exactly right for what he, the sport he excelled in. Yeah. Um, and it's super interesting to see athletes like that um, who are not, un who are unexpected. Yeah, definitely. That's the thing I love about photography is mm -hmm. it's like uh, the seeing interesting characters and stuff you don't normally see. That's the thing that's kind of fun about it to me. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I've always loved looking at that issue and like having worked on so many of these shoots, what's like the general mood on these sets? Like I'm sure it differs from person to person, but is it like, do you feel like it's like a tense, like everyone's walking on needles or like how does it usually kind of? So I have to say I have been on a lot of shoots and I can't remember I can't remember any where it was super, super tense like that. Okay. There are some athletes who, you know, and it, and it's, we respect 
their wishes. So, for example, Vince Woolfork, he wanted a closed set okay. for his shoot. So um, I was there, but I was sort of standing off to the side, actually sitting on a couch, <laughs> <laughs> while um, Peter Hapik and Vince were working on the shoot. And, you know, they would work, they would, and sorry, Vince's wife was part of that as well. Okay. And uh, they would call me over to the monitor um, after they, you know, had looked at some stuff and wanted to show me an image that they were excited about. And so that's the way that worked. But um, there, there are also athletes who arrive on set and who are, they know exactly, now they know exactly what they're getting into. They yeah. know they're going to have to be naked. They know there is going to be a photo crew there. Um, and some of them are super comfortable with that. And and some, and then there are some who are really nervous about it in the beginning, ask for a closed set, and then slowly more people are allowed on set. And then eventually it's sort of like you just, they just forget they're naked and yeah. everybody does. Just play music loud. That, that's, <laughs> a, that's, a, that's the answer to every, any set that's yeah. like hard. Just bump that music. It'll just change the mood. You know what I mean? Music is a big part. It's for, that's true for uh, most shoots. <laughs> I, yeah, I definitely agree. Uh, and another thing in, in terms of like the body issue, I've seen mm-hmm. like, um, I was kind of curious about how much input do you guys give to the photographers? Because I've seen, like, I think with Dylan Coulter, who I interviewed, on one of his sets, they built, like, a almost like a set of, like, the Wrigley wall. Yeah. Um, are a lot of those bigger, like, when you're building sets and things, are those ideas generally coming from you guys or the photographer's input? Or how does that usually kind of work it, out? It works both ways. I mean, we, we, the reason why we hire the photographers that we do for the body issue is for their vision and their creativity. Mm. So it's really important to us to hear from them about how they want to approach the shoot and what their ideas are. Um, in that case with Dylan, he came to us with a zillion ideas, um, a lot of really great ideas. It, it was hard to, to whittle it down. Yeah. Um, you know, and we, we managed to do that, but yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. And he shot his on iPhone, which was crazy. Yeah. I didn't re- I didn't realize that. When I was like, "Wait, for real?" I was like, <laughs> you said, "What was the mindset behind that?" So, uh we wanted to 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 do that to see, you know, if it could be done and at the level we wanted it to be done and um we also gave him no safety net. There was absolutely no backup camera uh on on set. But we also we set him up and prepared him really well for that. Tim Rasmussen, who's the um, photo editor, sorry, photo director for Print and Digital, um, was in contact with Apple. Um, we got lots of test cameras. We got lots of gear. We had a test shoot day in New York before Dylan went on the shoot. We had a pre-light day the day before the actual photo okay. shoot because we we wanted to set him up so there was no nothing but success yeah. from no, the shoot. No, it came out awesome. That must be kind of the fun thing now that you're going until what, year 11 um, to kind of continually like challenge yourself and do something new with it, I suppose. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's exciting. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I guess like having, being that you've worked with so many talent photo- talented photographers, like you said, from like uh, Dan Winters to Joe Pug and all these big guys, um, what kind of sticks out in your mind that kind of sets these guys apart from everyone else? Is it just the way they, obviously their f- photographs are amazing, but is it kind of how they like, um, handle their production, how they kind of manage their the set. Um, having worked with all these people, is there something that kind of sticks out in your mind that makes them like apart from the rest? You think? Well, I think I think it's a, all of those things. I think, um, but I would say that the most Im- the most important thing is the the level of 
thought that goes into their work um, and sort of their um, the truth that they stick to in their vision. Mm. Um, and I, I heard you interviewing somebody else and sort of, um, I think it was um, Albert Watson yep. talking about, you know, you know, you can look at a still life, you can look at a landscape, you can look at a portrait, and you all you you all already know that's Albert Watson's image, right? Yeah, it's a distinct look. Yeah, and I think that that's something that a lot of those that caliber of photographer have in common is their work is so identifiable as their work. Yeah, they have a vision. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it takes time, um, but yeah, I definitely agree. Mm-hmm. And uh, I guess like this is probably a really hard question. Uh, but like looking back at like all the shoots you've worked on at your time at like ESPN, is there maybe like one or two that kind of stick out in, as particularly memorable to you? Maybe maybe even because it was a challenge just to produce, because I'm sure sometimes, or probably a lot of the times, getting these like professional athletes to do a shoot in a weird location or whatnot or whatever it may be. But is there one that kind of sticks out in your mind um, with your time here at ESPN, you think? Um, there, are, there are a lot of body shoots, obviously, that I could – say that of um i'm trying to think there there was one i'll talk about one cover shoot that we did um with arian foster okay. uh this was maybe four five years four or five years ago mm-hmm. I, I chris buck was the photographer and um we were we had decided to um we were, he was our cover for our fantasy football issue and um, I remember sitting around brainstorming in um, the editor-in-chief's office at the time that was Chad Millman with um, Chad and John Corpix, who was the um, creative director, and um, Scott Burton, who's the executive editor. And we were talking about, oh, what, what should we do for a, a fantasy football cover? You know, we'd, we'd done – ESPN had done a number of them. This was the first one I was going to be doing for them. And, um, you know – they'd done a lot of superheroes and sort of, you know, post-production kind of razzle-dazzle on images before, but I don't even remember who mentioned it, but someone said, what if we create like an enchanted forest (laughs) (laughs) and make it that kind of a fantasy thing, you know, and have him riding on a unicorn (laughs) through the forest. And we were like, that's amazing. Um, And so I went to the photo editor who was working on the assignment at the time. That was Stephanie Weed. She's no longer with the magazine. She's out in L.A. um, doing production. Mm. And um, I said, okay, you need to call them and you need to convince Arian to get on a unicorn for this this cover shoot. And, you know, to her credit, she she was really, really great at trying to convince them to do that. Um, Arian, he did not agreed to, to ride the unicorn but he did agree to pose with the unicorn okay so we we had to shoot this out in la and we got this great uh stage set and we built a incredible set that was a forest and we had this horse that became our unicorn and it just was really pretty special yeah that's an interesting story and chris buck is the perfect photographer <laughs> for that <laughs> get a unicorn. He, he was it was it was a lot of fun yeah and, you know, with a lot of photographers listening to this, um, like, what advice would you kind of give to them, like, when they're trying to get their work seen to photo editors and whatnot? Um, what do you think is, like, the best way to approach a photo editor if you're interested in showing them your work? So I would say um, definitely 
when you can, sign up for those portfolio reviews. I know that they're super fast. I think you get maybe 10 or 15, maybe 20 minutes at most. Yeah. But uh, it's a good way to meet a lot of different people really quickly. Yep. And I think once you've had that sort of initial introduction to someone, it's really easy to follow up and develop a relationship. Um, you know, I think if you're going to send emails, you have to make them super super interesting for me to to get beyond you know get get past like that first like for me to delve into it is what i'm saying you know either uh, embed or attach an image that's really provocative or come up you know pitch a story or or make me understand that you know who i am and who you you know why you why you think your work is relevant yeah, definitely. And when people are emailing you, this is probably a really interesting, weird question, but do you prefer uh, they send you a link to work or a PDF with photos in it? Uh, do you have a preference when people are sending you stuff, I guess? I'm going to say I prefer a PDF with images in it. In it. Okay. I do like to, you know, you can always add the link because yeah. I do like to see what else yep. is there. But I think sort of curating that for me to understand why you're pitching me or why you're contacting me is definitely a good approach. Yeah. And then another thing, I guess, on top of that is, like, how often do you think it's okay to, like, just uh, send photo—I mean, photo editors uh, updates with your work? Should they do it once a month, once every three months? Because um, it is—it's something I think about all the time because uh-huh. I don't want to bug people, but then uh-huh. at the same time, like, I got to I gotta get my work out there. Uh-huh. You know? <laughs> no, I know. I mean, I think— I don't know what, if there's a right answer for that. Yeah. Uh, I—, I I guess this when you, I kind of look at it like when you have something new to show that you that's, think that's, that that works for you guys or something like that. That's the best answer. I think yeah, if it's if you're going to show me something that I haven't seen yet, it's brand new, you're excited about it, mm. please reach out to me. Yeah. Um if it's just to remind me of something I've already seen, maybe you, maybe that's a little less frequent. Maybe that's like every 3 months or 4 months. Yep. And then um, I guess just to kind of wrap up, like with all the experience you have working in the photography business, um, what do you enjoy about it? What kind of keeps you interested in it? And uh, is there like any dream projects you got in the pipeline that you've always wanted to work on or anything like that? Um, so what keeps me excited about it is it's just, I mean, I kind of feel incredibly lucky that I, you know, discovered this profession or this line of work because I am privileged all the time to work with incredibly creative people to to be creative myself and and to think and come up with ideas about how to do things and how to do them differently um, to actually you know not be in an office nine to five you know 24 7 I, I get out on sh- on sets and I get to meet people and see it happening and you know make sure it happens and I mean it's just an incredible profession and I, I don't know why I would ever want to do anything else <laughs> you're out there you're out there in enchanted forces <laughs> with unicorns yeah. and who else would want that <laughs> yeah um but is there anything I guess it's the last question any like dream projects or photographers you've always wanted to work with or anything you're down the pipeline you'd hope you hoping to work on I guess um that's a really good question. I, I I don't take enough time to really think about that. Yeah, business moves quick, so I, I I understand. Yeah. <laughs> um, but in terms of you know photographers I've never worked with, I 
I feel really fortunate because I've worked with a lot of people who I've wanted to work with. But, um, you know, we talked right before we sat down about your interview with Albert Watson, and yeah. um, he's pretty amazing. I, and I never had that opportunity. So if Albert happens to be tuning in. <laughs> yeah, I'll send it to him. That yeah. guy, meeting that guy was so amazing because yeah. he's such a legend. But when, mm-hmm. I, when I'm talking to that guy, mm-hmm. like I think he's probably like in his 70s. Mm-hmm. I felt like he was 30 years old. Yeah. Like, that's the type of energy that guy has. Like, he's still shooting all the time when I was there. Like, we did the interview, and then he's like, hey, I'm working on this book, and then I'm, like, shooting this today. I'm like, damn, mm-hmm. that's, that's inspiring, but that's really cool. Yeah. But anyways, Karen, uh, I just want to thank you so much for doing this. I really appreciate you taking the time, and I uh, can't thank you enough. Thank you. So there you have it. That was the Karen Frank interview. I want to thank Karen so much for taking the time to come on the podcast. It was a real pleasure getting a chance to speak with her about her experience and knowledge within the photo industry. I know as a photographer, um, I'm always curious to get any insight I can um, when marketing my own work to photo editors and magazines and whatnot. Um, so I definitely appreciate her um, kind of giving advice and what photographers should do when reaching out to magazines. I hope you guys enjoyed it. And uh, yeah, thanks so much for listening. And as always, I'm going to be having weekly podcasts every Monday on iTunes, SoundCloud, as well as my website, alexgagnephoto.com, and on my Instagram, at alexgagnephoto. Thanks so much, and take care.